to Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hello, and welcome back to episode 37 of Building Stronger Creatives. I'm your host, Caroline Juster, and today we're going to talk about common reasons why you might be struggling to achieve your body or food goals. Now, this episode is going to be geared toward nutrition, but I just want to say right off the bat that most of these issues also apply to fitness. So if you're like, I don't really care about eating, I'm good with that, I'm not trying to lose weight, whatever, but you're struggling to hit the gym or do something related to exercise, just know that a lot of these same issues might be at play. Before I get into the meat of the episode, I just want to remind you that next week the doors are going to open for Sane and Simple Nutrition. This is my signature six-week online group coaching program. I'm going to teach you exactly what you need to know to lose weight and then maintain any weight loss and also build lasting healthy eating habits that you can use in the context of a busy creative life. I only run this program once or twice a year and I'm not sure when I'm going to run it again. So if you think you're interested in digging deep in your nutrition and and making a change in regards to food or achieving a fat loss goal or anything like that, I hope that you'll join me for the course. This episode is going live today on Monday, not Monday, Wednesday, March 29th. And then Monday, April 3rd, the doors are going to open. They'll be open all week. And then we actually begin coaching on Monday, April 10th. So stay tuned next week. I will remind you on next week's podcast episode. And if you follow me on Instagram at Caroline Juster, you're going to see a whole bunch of information about the program. So again, Sane and Simple Nutrition doors are open next week for one week only. Stay tuned for more details on that. So if you're on the internet at all, you know that there's just so much information about nutrition. Lots of information about how to lose weight, a little bit less about how to maintain your weight as I talked about in last week's episode, but it is still around and tons and tons and tons of opinions about what constitutes healthy eating. Unfortunately, information alone is not enough to get us to make a change. There's often a very big gap between us knowing something or even wanting to do something and actually taking action consistently. And just knowing a bunch of stuff about nutrition is not going to help you build the body or the health that you're after. You have to actually do stuff and you have to do it consistently. So why is this so hard to do, right? In theory, it seems like if we know we want to change and we know it's important to us and we have an idea of what to do, like, why can't we just do it? Well, humans are not inherently logical. Yes, we do have a logical side to our brain, but the vast majority of our decisions are driven by emotion and they're driven by patterns that we've developed over many years. So especially if you're someone who has struggled with your weight or with nutrition for a long time, it's going to be 
a little bit challenging for you to make changes just because you're so used to doing things one way. That's the unfortunate news. The good news is that you can actually make really dramatic changes, but you have to take action and you have to pay attention to the things that really matter and not get bogged down in details and a bunch of shit that's either irrelevant or downright harmful. Unfortunately, a lot of the information in the nutrition world falls into the latter categories. And this is a lot of what we discuss in Sane and Simple Nutrition. When I created the program years ago, I wanted to create a really simple resource that would show people, okay, ignore all this other stuff on the internet and only focus on these few things in order to see results. So today I want to talk about some of the common reasons why we're not taking action. And this is assuming that you have some sort of a food or a body-based goal. Like I said at the beginning, uh, this could also be relevant to fitness as well. But if you're feeling stuck, like you don't really know why you're not moving forward or you feel like you're working really hard or you should be better off than you are and you're not, this is the episode for you. So the first obstacle that I see a lot is information overload. And this is totally related to what I was just talking about. We think that the more information we have, the better off we'll be. But actually, the opposite is often true. Too much information is not helpful and it can be absolutely paralyzing. This is like especially true in nutrition because so much of the information that's out there conflicts and you can really go down a rabbit hole in a bunch of different directions and then not know which way is up or what really matters. We get so caught up in researching and learning and we might even get trapped in some of these emotional appeals to fear like, you know, if you don't eat this type of way, you're going to get cancer and die or, you know, a lot of the stuff that's out there. And when we get in that headspace, it's just really difficult to do anything at all. So the solution to information overload is, first of all, we might need to go on like a digital detox of sorts where we say, okay, I know enough about nutrition. I know how to get started. I know at least some principles that are true. And then I'm going to ignore everything else. I'm not going to get these emails. I'm not going to watch this YouTube video. I'm not going to listen to these like crazy nutrition podcasts. I'm just going to focus on a few things and see how it goes. And again, in my Sane and Simple Nutrition course, I just tell people exactly what those things are. And they're things that you already know, right? Like making sure we're eating protein, eating plants, making sure we're eating the right amount of calories for our goals. If you know about those things, you probably don't need more information. You really just need to start taking action. The second issue, which is related, is our tendency to major in the minors. So when you're really deep in this rabbit hole of nutrition information and YouTube and like all this crap that's out there, it's really easy to become convinced that you have problems that aren't actually problems. So a lot of times people will talk about balancing your hormones or they'll talk about your intake of a really specific chemical or or like a product that's in plants or something and how that affects your digestion and like all these things that are really in the weeds. Now, some of these things might be relevant for some people some of the time, but most of the time, the things that are preventing you from losing weight or eating healthier are not that complicated. They are simple, big picture things that you just have to implement consistently. So with fat loss, for example, A lot of times people will say that people aren't eating enough, they've disrupted their metabolism, their hormones are in the way. And really what's going on is that one way or another, that person is consuming more calories. Now, 
that person might be heavily restricting food intake during the week and feeling like they're eating very little and then having some sort of compensatory overeating on the weekend that's causing them to actually get out of a caloric deficit so they don't lose weight. If you're in that situation, I totally empathize. It sucks. I've been there before because you feel like you're dieting and white knuckling it all week. But ultimately, whatever you're doing on the weekend or in the evening is wiping all that out. But that's not a matter of your hormones or something going on internally. That is just a simple matter of you unintentionally eating more calories than you realize. So if you find yourself thinking that you have a really special problem or a special case, I encourage you to consider that you might be majoring in the minors. The vast majority of the time, the answer, the problem is going to be something that's much more simple. Nutrition gurus are really good at recognizing our desire for quick fixes or for, you know, that one weird trick, something that we think we've missed that's going to make the process easier. And so they will sell you solutions to these problems that aren't really relevant for you. And if you spend a lot of time pursuing this stuff, ultimately what's going to happen is you're going to potentially be out of money, you're going to be out of time, you're going to be frustrated, and you're not really going to be any closer to your goals. And if you want to take it even farther, some of this stuff can lead to the development of disordered eating habits and other negative consequences that we really want to avoid at all costs. So again, think simpler. If you think there might be something complicated going on, it's possible, but I want you to consider that it's probably not the case for you and that you're probably better off focusing on these big picture items like protein, plants, monitoring your portions, and planning your eating habits throughout the week. The third obstacle, which is a huge one, especially for busy, creative people, professionals, people with families, is lack of time. A lot of times we just have so much shit going on that eating and nutrition habits tend to fall through the cracks. We find ourselves eating on the go. We haven't really planned. And so we're eating takeout. We are stress eating. All of this stuff can make it really, really difficult to consistently implement the things that you need to do. The solution to this has a few approaches. Some people need to improve their time management skills. Doing something like a time audit where you're tracking what you're doing throughout the week and observing where you might have some wasted time or some time that could be repurposed, that can really help. Sometimes we need to get better at planning. So that could mean meal planning or planning when you're going to go to the grocery store, but it could also mean planning for your job and planning your practice sessions and planning all the other things that you have going on so that you can make better use of your time. Another thing that really helps if time is a huge issue is trading time for money. So what I mean by that is you don't have a lot of time, but you can buy services that will make your life easier. So a lot of my clients get their groceries delivered. They never go to the grocery store. Other clients just straight up use meal delivery services where all of the stuff is delivered. They don't have to plan any recipes. They just have to go on the website or the app and pick their meals for the week. You can also hire people to help you with other things if you have the funds. You can hire someone to clean your house. Um, you can hire a virtual assistant. You know, anything that you can do if you have the funds to buy back some of your time or just to reduce the amount of time that is spent on food decisions can really go a long way if time is a big issue. The fourth issue is relevant if you are somebody who struggles with emotional eating or overeating or binge eating or something like that. A lot of times, and I am sharing this because this was me, this was 100% me, so I empathize completely if you find yourself in this situation or if what I'm about to say resonates. 
we are struggling with our eating, we don't feel good in our skin, we don't like the way we look, whatever. And we think that the solution is to go out and find another diet. Find a diet, ideally, that's like really hardcore and has lots of strict rules because we think that's going to like whip our ass into shape and that's going to make it easier for us to achieve our goals. And first of all, we know that doesn't work because especially if you're like stressed out, you have issues going on, which I'm going to talk about in a second. Forcing yourself to follow like a really restrictive plan is setting yourself up to fail because you're just not going to be able to do it. Something's going to happen. And then you've created this dichotomous thinking where if you're not 100% on the diet, then you might as well be 100% off. And this is what I used to do. Like I'd create this absurd diet for myself and I would force myself to follow it, follow it, follow it until I broke and I would always have a breaking point. And then after the breaking point would come a huge binge. And eventually the binges became more frequent and they became more intense and it became a really serious problem for me. But even if it's not that way for you, I'm sure people who have yo-yo dieted can can relate to this experience of feeling really restricted, trying so hard to follow this diet. And then when it falls apart, you just say, well, I'll start over on Monday or whatever. I'll start over on the first of the month. And between now and then, I'm just going to pig out, eat whatever I want and not worry about it. This cycle makes us feel like shit, not to mention the fact that it does not help us achieve our goals. So if you, if any of this is resonating with you, I want to encourage you to consider that another diet is probably not what you need. What you need is to dig a little bit deeper and figure out why am I using food in this way? A lot of us learned to use food as a coping mechanism for various challenges in life. And food is a really effective coping mechanism because it gives us short-term happy brain chemicals. We get a great sense of reward and relief. It's easily available, right? It's legal. You can buy treat foods anywhere, anytime, pretty much. It's not difficult to get. And in a lot of ways, it can be culturally accepted. So it's really easy to blend in. You're not doing something that's frowned upon or that you would, um, I mean, there is a lot of shame involved, I should say. And a lot of this type of eating does occur when you're by yourself, but you know, you're not taking illicit drugs or something like that. So you can just kind of do it anywhere, anytime. And so it's super, super effective when we have these life challenges. Now, if you have developed these behaviors, just telling yourself not to eat the food or have more willpower or don't be so lazy, all the terrible things that we say to ourselves, that's not going to fix the problem because food is meeting some type of very real emotional need and emotional needs have to be addressed. So if you are eating because you're feeling really overwhelmed or stressed about work or some sort of personal situation, um, if you are eating to distract yourself, if you are eating because you're lonely, like just going on a diet isn't going to fix that need for connection or need for security or comfort or purpose. So it's great to try to eat healthier. But if this is you, I don't think that you should be like actively trying to follow a strict diet right now. I just don't think that it's going to work out very well. So what I encourage you to do instead is just to get curious. So we want to get a little more granular with identifying our emotions. We want to say, what am I feeling right now? What's going on? What need am I trying to meet? We want to notice when our cravings come up or when we get triggered, when we tend to engage in food behaviors that we don't like. What's going on in our life? How are we feeling? 
I definitely encourage you to do some type of journaling around this. This was something that coaches told me to do and I resisted it. I was like, I know what's going on. But what I found was that I really had no idea what my triggers were until I started to actually write them down. So journaling can be a really powerful practice here. So basically what I'm trying to say is if you have these specific problems around food or unhelpful food behaviors that you suspect are tied to emotions or thoughts or things that don't have anything to do with food, you're not going to be successful just by finding another diet or finding a better diet. That's not really what's going on. You have to spend time getting more in touch with this other side of yourself, learning to soothe yourself when you get upset or when you get triggered, and finding different ways to meet those emotional needs away from food. Now, this is such a huge issue for people, and I know there's a lot of shame around it. And that's why when I revamped the curriculum for this round of Sane and Simple Nutrition, we're actually going to spend an entire week talking all about emotional eating and overeating, why it happens and how we can start to move forward. So another issue that we have that prevents us from achieving our food and body goals and also our fitness goals, absolutely, with this one is unrealistic expectations. Now, there are a lot of ways that this can play out. One is just unrealistic expectations of ourselves by trying to do way too much shit all at once. So this is the person who tries to go to the gym every day after work after not working out for three years. This is the person who tries to totally overhaul their entire diet by following some meal plan that they met online, they met online, that they found online or imposing a bunch of strict rules on themselves, like I'm not gonna go out at all, I'm not gonna have any alcohol, no sweets, no grains, you know, whatever it is. I think it's noble to wanna challenge yourself and wanna do a good job, but it's really unrealistic to expect that you will be able to hit these extremely high benchmarks right out of the gate. And it's much more likely that you will stick with it for more than just a couple weeks if you start off a little bit slower. So. With exercise, doing shorter workouts, hitting the gym fewer times per week, not crushing yourself with like the heaviest possible weights right away. And then with nutrition, one approach that I really like is just track the way that you're eating right now and look for stuff that's good. There's almost always something that's good. Not almost. There is always something that's good. And then look for the things that aren't great. Okay, maybe I'm drinking a ton of pop or I'm snacking all day long, or every night I'm having a pint of Ben and Jerry's, like whatever it is, there's no shame. And just pick one of those things to address first. Continue to eat normally for you the rest of the time and just work on one or two things. That's a much more sustainable way to approach it. Another way that unrealistic expectations can sabotage us is that we just give up before the magic happens. So as I mentioned earlier, the bad news is that it can take a really long time to change your body and change your eating habits for good. There's certainly gonna be ups and downs and plateaus along the way. If for no other reason then you'll have different seasons of life. One season you might be a new parent or you might have some other personal responsibilities that take center stage. Another season you might be more focused on your work. Another season more focused on health. There's gonna be ups and downs along the way. And it's really unfair to yourself to expect really rapid immediate results. Now, the good news is that if you are more patient, if you have a longer time frame and you just keep showing up and doing these simple things that I've been talking about throughout the episode, 
you can really transform your body and your health. You can totally change yourself over. But having quick timelines, externally imposed timelines is so unhelpful because we get frustrated. We think this should, quote unquote, be happening faster and it's not. We think, well, there's just something wrong with me when in reality, that's just the way that it goes. And then we give up. So if at all possible, I encourage you not to have like really hard and fast timelines for things. Now, in last week's episode, I talked about how the approach I like to use for dieting is to do like a two month diet followed by at least two months of maintenance. I'm not talking about those types of timelines. But for example, if you want to lose 40 pounds, and you're like, I have to do it in four months, you know, that's a really fast timeline. Versus if you can say, okay, I'm going to commit to a couple months of dieting, and then I'm going to take some time off and then come back to it. And, you know, eventually, I'll lose those 40 pounds, it might take me a long time, I'm not sure how long it's going to take, but I'm in it for the long haul. That's a much more helpful approach. You're a lot less likely to get frustrated because you think that things should be happening faster than they are. And you're a lot more likely to stick with it long enough to see results. One final way that unrealistic expectations can get in our way is when we try to force feed dieting into seasons of our life that it's just not going to work. Dieting is stressful on your body. It's difficult. It affects your sleep. It affects your mood. It affects your energy. It does require some level of discipline, even if you're not following like a super hardcore diet. You do still have to be cognizant and practice some restraint. That might mean saying no to certain events or making different decisions than you would otherwise. And that stuff all takes mental and physical energy. Now, if you are in a season of life when you have a lot of shit going on, maybe you are taking auditions or you're preparing to uh, give some sort of big presentation or do something that's really epic in work, or if you're a new parent or you just got a puppy or you're about to move across the country, these are all seasons of life that you need your energy to do other shit. And it's probably not a good time to diet. It can be a little hard of a pill to swallow, but sometimes we need to say, you know what, fat loss is just not in the cards for me right now. I want to share a little bit of a personal story about this. So I lost and maintained a lot of weight last year, and I still would like to lose a little bit more. Now, as an aside, if I never lose any more weight, I'll be totally fine and happy. So I feel pretty comfortable about that. But I was thinking that in April and May, it might be a good time for me to do just a short fat loss diet. But what's been happening is that due to my work schedule and due to some other personal stuff, I just haven't been getting very good sleep. And it's been taking a little bit of a toll on me. I know it's something that I need to work on. And so I had to sit down and say, you know what, Caroline, this is probably not a great time for you to pursue fat loss because you're already under some extra stress due to the sleep situation. And I still want to be able to train hard and it's just too much stress on my system all at once. And so I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to diet right now. And I probably will not do a diet until maybe next year. And that's totally fine. I'm just going to focus on eating healthy, maintaining my weight and prioritizing my workouts and recovering as best I can. So that's just a little personal example, but you can find lots of ways to apply this to your own life. There's a time and a place for dieting, and when life is really crazy and stressful, that's probably not the right time. The final obstacle that gets in people's way when it comes to their fat loss goals, their nutrition goals, and yes, their fitness goals as well, is just trying to do everything all by themselves. Now, I'm a super introverted person. I work for myself. I I mean, I work with clients, of course, which I love, but I also like that most of the time I'm just by myself. And so this is me, right? This is my default mindset. 
I can do it all by myself. I don't need any help. And over the years, I realized that a lot of times we do so much better when we have some sort of a team, a support system, and or a guide. So with fat loss, you know, if you have a partner, you have roommates, you have a family, you're out with your friends, like you're going to have a hard time if those people are not in your corner and they don't understand why this is important to you and what's going on. One common example that I hear with clients is, oh, my spouse or my partner keeps bringing certain foods in the house and I don't want them in the house because I have a hard time with them. And, you know, you have to have a conversation with your people about what's going to work for you and they have to be on board. Like you need their support. A lot of times people do a lot better too with hitting the gym and making changes to their eating habits when they have like a little tribe, when they have fitness friends or they have people that they cook with, they have some sort of supportive online community of people with similar goals and they're all cheering each other on and offering advice when it's asked for. That can be so, so encouraging and it's really great to feel like you're not alone. And then the final piece is having some type of a guide. So a great coach can help you with all of the things that we talked about in this episode, right? They can help with information overload by telling you, okay, don't worry about all this other shit. Here's what you need to focus on. They can help you with majoring in the minors because they can say, you know what? I mean, it's basically the same answer as the previous point, but they can say, these are the things that you need to do. And I don't want you to get distracted by this other stuff. They can help you with lack of time by helping you build time management skills. They can help you with planning. They can offer advice on systems and technologies that you can take advantage of. They can help you to an extent with some of these emotional issues with overeating. Now, a coach is not a therapist, but coaches can help you learn to identify your emotions. They can help you learn to change your state and self-soothe. And they can, of course, refer you out if they think that that's what you really need. Coaches can also help you with expectation management. They can help you set more realistic timelines. They can help you understand what you can actually handle and what kind of results you can expect. And then they can help you not feel so alone. So really a coach sort of does all of these things. A great coach is such a great resource. And I have had many great coaches in my own fitness journey and in my journey as a business owner as well. And I just know that I would not have been able to reach certain levels of growth or transformation or healing without their help. So I cannot say enough about good coaching. Obviously, I'm a coach, but you know, I'm also a believer in coaching and I purchase coaching for myself because I know what a transformative experience it can be. So I kind of just summed up these issues for you. But but basically what we've been talking about today is like, sure, you know a lot about nutrition. You know you want to make a change. You know you want to lose weight, but you don't understand why you can't actually do it. And the things that we talked about in this episode are some of the common reasons why you struggle to implement. Just knowing stuff is not enough. We actually have to do the things consistently. We have to not get distracted and we have to really focus on like what is the core issue and taking steps to address that. All of this stuff is going to be covered in Sane and Simple Nutrition. We're going to talk time management and planning. We're going to talk about emotional eating. I'm going to give you my Sane and Simple Nutrition system, which is a really simple system with six things you need for healthy eating. That's it. Not 20 things, not 30 things, just six. And you're also going to have the community of being in the group and the contact of me as your coach. Like I said, enrollment's going to open next week, which is Monday, April 3rd, and it'll be open through Sunday, April 9th, and then the program will begin on Monday, April 10th. So stay tuned for that. If you want to hit me up on Instagram about it, please, I love getting DMs. I always respond to them. My handle is my name, at Caroline Juster. 
And if you have requests for an episode or a guest or anything else, you can also send those my way. Thank you so much for listening, and I will see you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Building Stronger Creatives. If something you heard resonated with you, I would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it. I also always appreciate comments, ratings, and reviews. These things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information. See you back on the next episode. Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong. Thank you.